guys, welcome back to Relax Running. Tyson Popplestone here. I hope you're all doing very well. I'm, uh, don't mind me, I'm just trying to get myself adjusted here. If you're just listening, I've got the camera on in front of me because this one's going to YouTube. And uh, I'm trying to figure out if, I think this looks good. Beautiful. All right, we're making do with what we've got here. We're stepping it up in the world of relaxed running. Um, if you haven't already seen our YouTube channel, make sure you go over and check that out. I've uh, been at it now for about a year and a half, and it's starting to come together pretty nicely. So there's a whole heap of running questions answered, uh, and a whole heap of topics that I might not have addressed on here. So uh, relax running over at YouTube, hit subscribe. It's, um, it's starting to look good, even if I do say so myself. Anyway, I uh, hope you had a good week. For, what is it, Thursday afternoon today? It's been beautiful down here. Point Lonsdale, Queenscliff the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure if you've seen my Instagram, but... Me and Jesse, we've been over at the beach just, uh, we've been taking model shots is is essentially <laughs> what we've been doing. She's the model, obviously. Um, I'm just the photographer. But we're just, we're making the best of both of our skills. So um, I'm not sure why I told you about that. It was a humble brag about me having a good looking wife. And this is a running podcast, got nothing to do with uh, with modeling, but but that's what we get here. It's a relaxed running podcast, as we say. But today, wait, I wanted to um, I wanted to mix it up a little bit, and this is something that I haven't done for for months and months yet. Uh, I put out a message on Instagram the other day saying, "Hey, I wanted to answer some of the most popular running questions." So I wrote down a whole series of questions that came through. Well, some of them came through more than once. A number of them just came through once. But I thought, hey, interesting questions, and maybe helpful to to any of you who might be relatively new to the sport or just want some fresh perspective uh, on on certain issues in the running scene. But before we get started, just wanted to let you know as well that um, if you're new around here, if you've just stopped by, Relax Running, it's more than just a podcast. Go to relaxrunning.com. We've got a number of memberships there. So if you're a distance runner and you need coaching, we can help you out. Something new. I'm, I'm working with up to 20 athletes this year. Still got 12 spaces available. So if you're a little bit stuck, you're between coaches, you've never been coached, you just need some guidance, yell out, uh, maybe you and I could work together. But if you're a footballer, pre-season football running training programs are up and running. It's January the 20... I want to say the 7th today. So there's still time. We're still about 12 weeks till round one starts. Uh, our third phase of the pre-season running training has just started. So if you're a footballer, would like some final uh, or some, some, you know, the last 10 to 12 week adjustments to your running training, make sure you check that out. But also soccer players, New membership up there for you. Random one for you. And inspired by uh, someone who reached out from Melbourne the other day, a lacrosse running membership. So if you're in the lacrosse scene, soccer scene, football scene, or you're in another sport, you need some guidance that I don't know about, yell out. I'm more than happy to put something together for you as well. So relaxrunning.com to check all that out. But for now, uh, let's have a look at some of the most popular running questions. Because the truth is, running's a sport where it doesn't matter how long you've been in it for. It's just a... It's like a constant learning game, I think. It's one of those things where, you know, even I was 13, now I'm 35. That's 22 years in the sport, and I'm still figuring out a whole heap of stuff. So hopefully uh, a couple of these thoughts help you out. But without further ado, let's jump into it. Uh, In no particular order, let's have a look at this. This was a popular question. What do you do when you're lacking motivation? A really good question. I think this is something, it's not just relevant in the running world, is it? It's uh, it's something that all of us encounter in whatever it is that we're committing our time and effort to. Uh, whatever it is that we take seriously, uh, from time to time, it's going to get a little bit mundane. It's going to get a little bit monotonous, especially in those periods where you feel as though your performance isn't going as well as it should. That's where I always found it really hard to stay motivated. For me, um, 
Motivation was never an issue when I was going out and just running PBs race after race. We all have those little purple patches where for whatever reason, things just start to go well, our training starts to click, the body feels good, and getting out there, it's almost a guarantee, or close to a guarantee, that we're, if not gonna beat our PB, be very close to it. For, for me, those times, it's uh, that's when running's really exciting, that's when running's enjoyable, that's when it just sort of clicks and flows, but the truth is, uh, in a sport that we're doing every single day, the, the, the reality of that means that you know there's going to be plenty of days where we go out, we feel like we're in a slump, maybe physically, maybe mentally, maybe both. And the idea of putting on the shoes to, to get outside and actually try and overcome that slump gets a, a really difficult. There's been a couple of recommendations. I was thinking about this question and, and had a little bit of a flick through some of the episodes because it's a question I've asked a number of the athletes who have come on the podcast in the last couple of years. A couple of key factors stood out to me, then I'll, I'll add my own two cents worth. Uh, one of the big ones was just having a goal to, to aim towards. I think when we've got a destination in mind, when we know where it is that we're trying to get to, the idea of actually putting in the groundwork, doing the training, getting up when we don't feel like doing it gets a whole lot easier. Because if we've got like if we've got D-Day six months down the track and we're not putting in the work, chances are we get to that race and then all of a sudden the performance that we we're hoping for, it just it doesn't quite come together. So um, if you if you haven't got any goals, if you haven't got any destinations in mind as to where you're trying to get to, you feel as though you're lacking some motivation, consider doing that. Consider picking out a couple of races. For me, uh, if I have a goal race, so say here in Victoria, in Australia, uh, in October, we have the Melbourne Marathon every year. So say it's January now, you wanted to run the Melbourne Marathon later in the year, what I would do if I was you, I would go, all right, so the ultimate goal for this year is the Melbourne Marathon 2022. How do we get ourselves in form for that race? We've got 10 months till we need to be there. I would pick out a couple of 10K races. I'd pick out a couple of half marathon races. And then uh, depending on what it was that I was trying to achieve through each of those races, I would, I would set different levels of expectation for myself. So say, for example, the half marathon was just a chance for you to practice your goal marathon pace. Then you'd work towards that, you'd gradually build up to that. You've got something just to test out your training in. But then the beauty of that is you say, all right, maybe I'm gonna have a crack, a red hot crack at a 10K. The idea of hitting a shorter, faster run like a 10K when you're preparing for a marathon is nice because you get used to running at a faster pace than what your marathon's gonna be at. And then as a result, uh, beautifully, uh, it also just psychologically helps you get to that marathon and not feel as though your marathon goal pace is as fast as it are. Uh, is as fast as it might feel if all you've done is just slow jogging. So I think just having that expectation, having some goal, having some landmarks along the way is uh, is, is really helpful. If, if it's not necessarily a race, maybe you've got a couple of times picked out. Maybe you've just got some time goals that you're trying to achieve. I think this is another really big one for motivation is uh, it's just setting yourself a couple of realistic goals, maybe slightly ahead of where you are now, or maybe where you were when you're a little bit fitter, if that's your goal, just to get the running fitness back just gradually working towards it. I think uh, depending on uh, what level you're at, or no matter what level you're at, I think those two things can be really, really motivating to have a, a goal race in mind and to have a goal time in mind. So maybe sit down with a journal, pen and paper, have a chat with your coach or someone you trust and say, look, I'm struggling with motivation. How is it that I can overcome it? How is it that maybe planning for a race or planning to run a time might help me get through it. The other side of that coin is uh, maybe psychologically, you've just gone through a phase where, okay, running's hard. It's a physically tough sport. Motivation is gonna be tough to maintain. Uh, maybe you just haven't quite come to terms with that yet. I was competing as an elite distance runner for about 12 years, 
And there, there were plenty of times throughout that period where I was like, oh my gosh, I really cannot be bothered going out and getting this work done today. But my overall goal, my overall vision to just get the most out of my body, get the most out of my running ability uh, was the sort of foundation that just kept me getting out of bed each morning. So so just having a grand vision for your own running life is, uh, I think, very beneficial to helping you through those motivational periods. And finally, um, don't beat yourself up up if you if you feel as though you're lacking motivation. Now, how many episodes have you listened to here? One thing you are you'll realize really quickly is that there's plenty of athletes at all levels of sport who, for a variety of reasons, um, are, are lacking motivation. So you're not unique. I'm sorry to say it. You're not the odd one out. It's not that you're not a runner. It's not that you don't love it. It's just that motivation can be a bitch and it's a little bit of an ebb and flow kind of thing, depending on so many different aspects of our life. So motivation will come and go. Set yourself some goals. Have a little bit of a landmark in mind as to where you're trying to go. And if you if that doesn't help, don't stress. Don't stress. Motivation comes in phases, all right? That's my opinion on the motivation question. Um, oh, second question. Uh, can I walk when I run? The answer is is yes. Of course you can. If you're brand new to the sport of running, walking is a completely, um, what do you say? It's completely allowed. You don't need to be embarrassed. You don't need to be shy. You don't need to be uptight. You don't need to be uncertain. Running is a hard sport, especially when you're first getting started in it. So if, if your training program, maybe you've printed out like a generic 10K training program from the internet, um, and it's got you doing like 30 or 40 minute runs a couple of times a week. And you're like, hang on a second. I, I can barely even run 10 minutes without walking to shit. That's fine. Time on feet is a really big factor. If you are consistently just getting out there, spending some time on your feet, uh, it's going to be a really good stepping stone towards just getting that running foundation uh, strengthened. So I can promise you, if you can stay consistent with this, with your walk running or with your slow running or whatever it is that you're doing, improvement's gonna come. Running just, uh, it seems to reward those who are consistent, those who are patient, those who just keep rocking up. Um, walking is is a way better answer to just quitting running. So many people go, I have this conversation with my wife all the time because she's she doesn't love running, to be fair. So she'll get out there, she'll just start to get bored, she'll start to play, you know what, running's a little bit lame. Uh, for her, something that was motivating, to go back to the first question, was she downloaded the Strava app on her phone and as she's got like a, a distance uh, being measured each time she runs, she finds that quite inspiring just to be able to go, all right, well, last week I ran 3K, so I'm going to try and run 3.5K or 4K. Um, uh, so that's maybe something that you could consider. Could consider. Uh, but too many people give up because they think, oh, my body's obviously just not designed for running. It's the, it's the most rubbish excuse that sounds very legitimate if you're new to the sport. You just think, oh, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit heavier. I'm probably just better in the gym. Running's not my thing. Unfortunately, it's a really nice sounding excuse, which if you sort of poke and prod it a little bit, doesn't really hold up. So walking is a much better option than, than quitting. Um, so, so don't get so locked into a training program where it says 40 minutes of running that if you get 10 minutes in, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm exhausted already. I'm just going to stop. Uh, because uh, that's for your longevity, for consistency, and for your ability to improve that's gonna do nothing. So if you need some more personal guidance, I'm happy to point you in uh, the right direction with this, but but one of the mistakes that so many runners, so many people in a variety of fields make is they get so rigid with what their program or what their calendar or, or whatever it is that they're following says that the idea of just you know bending and adapting and adjusting to it doesn't even really come into to their mind, doesn't even come into the equation. So um, 
there's a variety of ways that you can adjust and adapt your training. Walking is definitely one of those things. To, to add to this point, just before we go, is um, if you're brand new to the sport, one thing that you're going to find as well is you'll get really, really sore. My wife and I just this morning were laughing because we were super fit in 2017 and we went to, we went to, where did we start? Camino de Santiago. We started in Spain. We walked the Camino de Santiago and it was like 15 to 25 Ks worth of walking each day. The first three days we were exhausted. We've got videos of ourselves like talking to the camera. It's gone, oh my gosh, like I thought we were fit. But then funnily enough, after three or four days, our legs adjusted. The rest of the trip was not easy, but a lot easier. Same's true with running. You're gonna feel pain. You're gonna feel discomfort at the start. Maybe take a rest day in between your runs. Maybe just back off the distance that you're supposed to be running between those runs. But the good news is, if you can be consistent, if you can keep showing up, not only are you gonna be able to run further without stopping, but it's it's not gonna be as painful as it is for you right now. So yes, you can walk. Yes, you, you can adjust your training programs. And yes, I can promise you, if you're consistent, quote me on this, you're gonna see improvement. All right, how fast though? How fast should I be running? Great question. Interesting question that even a lot of elite runners struggle with. Um, I think it all comes down to what is it that you're actually training for. When you've got a goal in mind, when you know the actual event that you're training for, it makes it so much easier to know how fast you should be running. So a couple of little ground rules. For me, um, uh, my easy runs, I always just say are done at a pace which I'd be embarrassed to be seen running at. Maybe your fast pace is a pace you'd be embarrassed to be seen running at. That's fine. I want you to run at a pace that you're embarrassed to be seen running at and then slow down slightly. A couple of the problems that we, we can face is we'll get our Garmin out, we'll get Strava out, we'll know that we're just out there supposedly doing an easy run, it's supposed to be a fairly relaxed run, but then we start to feel pretty good on this easy run, we notice the K splits are actually a little bit faster, we think that maybe I could actually make my training diary look really good today if I just make this easy run a little bit quicker and as a result we pick up the pace. I'm okay with like a little bit of movement within an easy run pace, but you gotta have a little bit of a range. So I think um, an easy run, run at a pace you're embarrassed to be seen running at and slowing down, and make that the scaffold that you work between. Don't allow yourself to start going race pace. Because the truth is, the next day you might have a training session where you've got six by one K at 10 K pace, all right? So I think just having a couple of boundaries. Your easy runs, run at a pace you're embarrassed to be seen running at. Your faster runs, know the reason for the session. So for me, I used to do uh, 1K reps, eight by 1K on a Tuesday quite regularly. And the goal there was I'll run those at 10K pace plus five seconds. So say my goal was to break 30 minutes for 10K, that's three minutes per K roughly. I would say, all right, I'm gonna try and hit these kilometer splits at 3.05 and then I'll take a 60 second recovery. Um, knowing what it is that you're trying to achieve for the session is gonna help you dictate how fast you should run. If you're a 1500 meter runner, then the sessions that you're gonna be running are obviously gonna be a lot quicker. If you're a marathon runner, the sessions that you're gonna be running are gonna be slower than the 1500 meter runner, but they're obviously gonna have more of a focus on endurance. So before you ask the question, how fast you should be running, ask yourself the question, well, what am I training for? Um, easy runs are always relatively easy. If it's a tempo run, maybe you're running that at half marathon pace, plus five to 10 seconds per K. It's not just a blanket overview of like you should be running at five minutes per K no matter what, because that's no good to anyone. Five minutes per K is terrible if you're trying to race over an 800. And uh, you know, a, a whole heap of just short, sharp sprint works no good if all you wanna focus on 
is the marathon. So know your goal, know the distance, and know the pace of the session that you're trying to run. Understand going into the session, all right, well, here I'm practicing running at my marathon pace. Here I'm practicing running at 800 meter pace. If you don't know how to do that, reach out to me, guys. That's what I'm here for. That's what I exist for in the relaxed running world is to try and offer you guidance. So you do not need to guess your way through, um, but as a, as a bit of a blanket overview of, or, or to boil all of that down, know what you're training for and know the reason for each session. When you know those things, it makes it easier to navigate how fast or slow you should be running. And also be disciplined with that. So many people, myself included, I would get out to an easy run sometimes and I go, oh, I think last week I ran this course in 30. And then you'll start uh, you know, picking up the speed and trying to run a PB for this course. We don't wanna be running PBs in training sessions necessarily. Our main goal is to make sure we're running PBs in the races that we actually fully care about. All right, uh, when do I need new shoes? Good question. That's one that... um. I think this is fairly subjective, to be honest. I think it's one of those uh, one of those situations where I've got a little bit of a tolerance. Maybe it's just through my uni days when I didn't have a heap of money. Uh, I'm not too bad running on shoes that are relatively worn. Here's my general tip, though: if you're actually trying to do your best to make sure that you're uh, you've got the protection, you've got some support. As soon as you can start to feel some stones through the the toes of your shoes, as soon as the uh, the padding feels as though it's just not really doing its job completely. That's when you want to get it. Another thing to look out for is, is just some general, uh, when you look at the, bat, the bottom of it, you can see where it starts to wear away, like depending on where you land on your foot. Say you're, you're a little bit of a heel runner, you'll start to know that the pattern, or, or what is it? In a, Bill Bauman used to put it in the waffle and you could see like the, the creases in the bottom of the shoe. Um, I don't know what they're called. I've never really thought about that out loud before. Once you start to see a little bit of wear on the bottom of the shoes, it starts to be a time where you can consider getting new shoes. So I've seen people running in shoes with holes in them and they're running at a really high level. Don't encourage that. I've also seen people who, um, I did this when I picked up an Adidas sponsorship as well because it was just so much more accessible. I was alternating two different pairs of shoes at once to, to just make them last a, bit, a little bit longer. But then I was also going back and, and getting like a new pair of shoes every month. Um, financially, that's a pain at the moment, spending a couple of hundred bucks on shoes every month. So my general rule is if I can feel the stones, if I notice some real wear and tear, uh, like my current shoes, to be honest, I'd be embarrassed to show you the state of them because you'd call me a hypocrite. Um, that is when it's time to, to swap them up, all right? Uh, what else have we got? We've done motivation. Uh, does it get easier? We've touched on that. Yes, it does, all right? Stay, it does to an extent. Running hard never gets easier because obviously the pace that you run as you get better gets faster. So like races never necessarily feel way easier, but the easy runs I think is where when you become more relaxed at running, uh, when you've done more running, that's where it starts to get easier. But the truth is, as you start to get fitter and fitter, the pace that you start to run gets faster and faster. So um, you, uh, you know that pain threshold sort of just follows you wherever you're going. Uh, all right, what else do we have here? When do I need new short shoes? Can I walk? How fast? Uh, coffee pre-run. Oh, should I drink coffee pre-run? This depends. I have a 90-minute rule of coffee before I run. I don't like to have a coffee closer than 90 minutes before I run. And even then, I like to have like a little espresso. Just give me that little caffeine hit. 90 minutes is enough time to go to the toilet, if you know what I mean. I know it's relaxed running, it gets a bit graphic here, but we've got to be up front. 
we've all seen photos of runners who have shat themselves. <laughs> okay, I don't want you to be that runner. It's embarrassing for you, uh, and it's, it's embarrassing for me. If you tell someone after they've seen you, you shit yourself that you listen to the Relax Running podcast, I mean that looks bad for both of us. So, so do your best. Um, no more than ninety minutes. Uh, out from a run, would I recommend you drink coffee? Even then, make it small. I mean, I'm happy for you to roll the dice and have the crack. And it is a little bit of a trial trial by fire. You know, we can't quite know how far out we can have it until we've till we've gone a little bit too far. I, I don't know if I've told you this story before, but I was once going for a run here in, in I was in Ringwood in Victoria, and I just went off the main bike path, and there was a guy there with his pants around his ankles, and, uh, he was, he was having a poo in the bush and he looked at me and he, he looked ashamed of himself and I looked at him and, and I was ashamed of him as well. But we both just locked eyes and there was nothing more. We, he just goes, how you going, mate? And I was like, mate, I, I'm just going to keep running. I don't want to stop and chat. Do you know what I mean? Be careful. Your sport can get messy. There's been far too many stories of me out in the bush where there's no toilet paper and the leaves are too small. All right, And I've had a coffee and wheat bix too close to the run. Well, there's a couple of things I wanted to get through today. We had a little bit of fun. Um, if you've got any more questions, just yell out to me. Uh, go to relaxrunning.com, hit the contact button. But you're gonna be learning this sport forever, honestly. It doesn't matter how long you're here for. You're, you're always gonna be trying to figure it out and learning and adjusting, and that's the beauty of it, all right? So I hope that was helpful. Um, if you've got any guest recommendations, do you like? Do you even like these episodes? Can you let me know if you hate these episodes where I'm going solo? Can you tell me? Because I'd much rather just keep getting guests on. Um, but if you enjoy it, also let me know. Hey, also, guys, do me a favor. Leave a review. Go to the Apple Podcast if you're enjoying it. Only if you're enjoying it. Don't go and leave me a one-star review. Go and give it a five-star review. I'm not sure how it helps, but apparently it makes the podcast appear higher on the rankings. Um, leave a nice little comment, a little love letter if you want. But five stars is the most important thing. Guys, I am out of here because Jesse's just gone across to the beach again and uh, and told me, I said, I'll meet you there in 10 minutes. All right, so I'm going to be a good husband. Go get my boardies on, head over. You enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good weekend at all. Uh, I'll see you all here next week.